0: Welcome to the Patricia King podcast, a podcast where we explore God's vast love for all of us, as well as current and relevant prophetic insight to enrich your soul. Now, here is Patricia King. Uh, Recently, um, the Lord's been reminding me how important it is in the midst of a lot of heavy issues that are going on in the world and in people's lives, that it's really important that we remember the goodness of God and uh, when I was in worship this morning, and I saw the vultures kind of, you know, soaring and flying, and it was like they were carrying hopelessness. They were carrying uh, negativity. They were carrying an expectation of bad things to happen, and a lot of times, if you just keep hearing bad news, bad news, bad news, even intercessors who receive prayer requests all the time constantly have to be renewed in the goodness of God, or you can be weighed down by all the negativity. And before you know it, your expectation for God to move isn't even present because the vultures have affected you. And one of the ways to overcome that is definitely to just meditate, think on, saturate yourself in the goodness of God because he is always good. So I want to open with a scripture this morning out of Exodus 33 Verses 18 and 19, it says, Then Moses said, Please, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And the glory is the the copiousness of God. It's the splendor of God. In a nutshell, the glory is all that God is and all that he has. And so Moses is saying, Show me your glory. And God wants you to be expectant for more manifestation of his glory in your life. You're going to go into a season where you're going to see the more of God. So he wants to stir your expectation for that. Because Moses, he had already been with the Lord in the tent of meeting. He would enter in and every time he entered, the cloud would come upon him and God would speak to him face to face as a man speaks to a friend. And that was before he cries out for glory. He's already experiencing degrees of it, but he knows there's more. And God wants you to know that there's more, way more for you and to go after the more. So he says, show me your glory. And this is God's reply to him. He said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. This is so profound because Moses wants the glory, and God says in response, That's all about my goodness. And in the Hebrew, that word goodness there is actually written in the superlative tense. In other words, you can't get any gooder than that. It is the highest tense of the word goodness. I'll allow all my goodness to pass before you and proclaim the name of the Lord before you. So what he was actually introducing Moses to was to Jesus. And the finished work of the cross, he said, I'm going to reveal my goodness to you. And I will even proclaim the name of the Lord. And I believe that this is where Moses actually, um, in the Old Testament, was actually born again. He came into, into a revelation of the Messiah right here as God released the goodness assist, which is Jesus himself of the Lord, and proclaimed his name to Moses. And that's why Moses, you see in the New Testament, shows up on the Mount of Transfiguration, right? Because he was in the Lord. And uh, I, I just think this is so amazing. And what God wants to do for you is reveal all the goodness that he purchased for you through the finished work of the cross. He wants you to be a goodness chaser because if you are, you'll be a Jesus chaser. Because all of his goodness is wrapped up in Jesus Christ and all the promises and everything that he's done is so good. All your sins are forgiven. You are freed. You have been given eternal life. You are blessed of God in his goodness through Jesus. And in Psalm 23, verse 6, it says, Surely, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. This is truly, truly goodness and mercy. Another um, uh, uh, word for the mercy there is kindness. So you can say, surely goodness and kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And it's undeserved. Mercy is undeserved kindness. And it will follow you all the days of your life. And God wants you to stir up an expectation right now. An expectation For his goodness and his mercy to follow you all the days of your life. It doesn't stop following you when you're in a difficult season. It doesn't stop following you when you reach a certain age. That's why those of you, you know, who are in our church who belong to ReFire are so blessed. Because because you just don't get any opportunity To think otherwise, you know, your best is yet to come. And that is according to scripture, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And even if you're going through a really challenging time, you have to remember the promise of God that goodness and mercy is your portion, goodness and kindness. So I want to share this morning some of the blessings that will come to you in this season as a result of believing in God's goodness. This is the blessings that come from the manifest goodness of God. First of all, the goodness of God brings us to repentance so that we might live in his goodness. You know, his goodness leads us to repentance so that we can live in his goodness. He's just a good, good God. He wants you to know his kindness. And in Romans 2 4, it says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness? forbearance and long-suffering not knowing that the goodness of god leads you to repentance and so repent is to turn around but to change your thinking about things and god wants you to change your thinking so it's aligned with his and when you are shown the goodness of god it just makes you change direction change course in your life to follow after him why wouldn't you want to follow after him i remember when God's goodness and his mercy was revealed to me. I was just like so relieved. Changed my whole life. But even now with things that he highlights in me and convicts me of, I love it because it's his kindness that is reaching into me and turning me to another way so I can know his goodness even more. If you follow the way of the enemy, you'll just know badness. But you follow the way of God and you'll know goodness. Secondly... When you are embracing the goodness of God, you'll see that it draws people to Jesus. In John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave, and in his love is goodness and kindness and mercy. And as a people, we are to represent the goodness of God when we're sharing with people who do not know the Lord yet. I know that when we used to do a lot of street evangelism in this area, we would go down to places like Mill Avenue and we'd go down into the zone and places like that and we would just just prophesy destiny over people, love on people, buy them coffee, you know, just do whatever we could to show them the goodness of God. And every time we went out, we had a harvest every single time. But we also met people on the streets that did not have a harvest. And they were on street corners preaching, but they were not preaching the goodness of God. They were standing there yelling at people, I'm not kidding you, and you've probably seen this too, yelling at people saying, repent or you're going to go to hell. And start calling out their sins and everything, humiliating them and showing them how bad they are. And people were running away from them. They would cross the street and then they'd try to yell at those who ran across the street. You know, and it was, it was such a misrepresentation of God because God is good. And people come to know the Lord through his goodness. I think everyone who is trapped in the darkness and the pain of sin knows that there has to be an adjustment in them. I think they have that knowing on the inside. I did. No one had to tell me I was a sinner before I got saved, honestly. I'd condemn myself. I felt bad about myself. I just couldn't find a way to do anything about it. I tried really hard, bought all the self-help books, joined all the gurus and everything, thinking that maybe they could help me, but I just got worse and worse and worse. I was self-condemned. No one had to point their finger at me. It was the goodness of God. And when he came to me like liquid love and filled my heart... It, there was just no other choice to be made. I didn't even have to think twice. I, it was just like, why wouldn't I lean completely into the one who was showing me so much love and so much goodness and so, so much kindness? And I know that we need to speak wisdom To sin issues, we need to speak truth to sin issues because it'll help people come free, but not with condemnation or judgment. We have to represent God well, and that is in his love and representing his goodness because it'll draw people to Jesus. The next one is the goodness of God actually will cause prodigals to come home. You're not going to get the prodigals to come home by yelling at them and telling them how terrible they are, right? And I want us to read actually Luke 15, to 24. It's very, um, very well known. But then he said, Jesus said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So when you have goodness, you have goods. <laughs> His father was good and had goods to give to his son. So the father divided them, divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed the swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Now, uh, this is he's in a real low place. All the goodness that the father had given him, his inheritance, all the goodness, he went and threw it away on sinful living, okay? So when he's empty and he has nothing more, he's distant from the Father because he walked away from the Father, so he has nothing more of himself, he decides to go work, so he goes and labors and labors in a field to feed the swine and would be happy to even eat the pig food, no one gave him anything to eat. And he's sitting there in this really difficult place because he walked away from a good father. And he spent all the goodness on stuff that was just crazy, right? So in verse 17, it says, But when he came to himself, and it says in some versions, when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? and I perish with hunger. You know what brought him back? The father's goodness. He thought of the father's goodness. He said, my father treats his servants so well that they not only have enough bread to eat, but they've got tons to spare because my father is so good to them. Maybe I'll become a servant. I'll just go back and be a servant because my father's so good that he would treat me better than this. And so it was actually the goodness of God, remembering the goodness of the Father, how good the Father was, that led him to turn back in the right direction. He said, I will arise and go to my Father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he's in a place where he realizes that he's really blown it as a son. He walked away from his father. He spent the inheritance. He's in a mess. And he says, I'm not worthy to be your son, but I'm really happy to be your servant because he remembered how good the father was and how good the father treated the servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still... A great way off, his father saw him. So the father's obviously looking for the son to come home because he's looking, and the father sees him coming afar off and he gets so excited. And so he goes out, he goes out towards him and he has compassion. He has mercy, his goodness wells up on the inside of him. And he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring On his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again; he was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Talk about the goodness of God being displayed in this story. This is what Jesus was doing: is revealing the goodness of God, knowing that there would be those who once knew the Lord who went away that was not healthy for them, that was not good. And even if they squandered everything, they ruined everything that the Father had ever done for them. When they would return, the Father would show goodness again and never withhold it. And it was the remembrance of the goodness that led the prodigal back. But when he came back, he got way more goodness than what he could ever even imagine he was willing to take second-rate goodness the goodness of the servants he was willing he was excited about being able to at least have bread to eat and be treated as a servant but the father said no way you're my son and i'm gonna lavish you with goodness that you do not deserve and that's what draws prodigals back And when we can pray, when you're praying for the prodigals, yes, you can pray that they get convicted of their sin, but chances are they're already convicted. They're just not listening to it. But if you start praying for them to receive the revelation of the Father's goodness, that's ultimately what's going to bring them back to the Father, is when they have that revelation of how good the father is, and they see where they're at, and they return, and then he will show them even more goodness, because he's a good God, and he wants to show all of you, and of course, there's another part of this story, right, there was another prodigal in the family, you know, a religious prodigal, you know, and he also had to learn of the father's love, He said, you know, you haven't, you haven't killed a fatted calf for me. You've never thrown a party for me. And he says, son, I can't even believe that, that you're sitting in this mindset. You've been with me and everything I have is yours. At any time, you could have a fatted calf. At any time, you could have a party. At any time, my love is so good towards you. My goodness is so great towards you. God is revealing himself. You know, sometimes people have a very uh, strange revelation of God, thinking he's this cruel taskmaster that is just sitting there with a list, wanting you to fulfill everything on the list. And, you know, if you don't, you know, he's going to bring down fire and lightning bolts upon you and consume you. But you see, Jesus is revealing the Father, the Father's love. And that's who we get to represent Because he is good. He is so good. Number four, the next benefit of knowing the goodness of God is that God causes everything to work together for good. Everything. Even your hard times. Some situations in life, you might think in your mind, I know nothing good can come out of this. It would be impossible for anything good to come out of this situation. But you see... God, he will reveal his goodness, even in that depth of despair, that depth of darkness, he'll say, watch, watch me turn this around. What the enemy meant for evil, I will work it together for good. I will actually bless you in the midst of the, the horrific warfare that you've been in with the losses that you've experienced for everything the enemy has done to steal, to kill and to destroy. Just watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to manifest my goodness. And I think when we look at the life of Jesus himself, right, we see everything that he went through in his life, all the um, abuse and, and, and lack of honor and everything, and then he ends up at the cross, right? And everyone is looking at him thinking, wow, what a sinner you are, you know? You were never any Messiah. You're just hanging on the tree. I mean, it didn't look good. But you see, God's plan was to turn it together for good. The devil thought he'd won. It was just revealed a greater loser through that, right? The loser of all losers. Hallelujah, we can celebrate that. God causes everything to work together for good. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And the reason everything will turn to good is just because it's who he is. He is good. He can't help but being good. He's good. And even in his discipline, he is good. That's good, right? It's just he works everything together for good. And if you're in a really difficult place right now, let your expectation rise. I don't know how anything good can come out of this, but God just promised me that it would. He will work this together for good and just believe that. Just take hold of that and say, God, I'll take that ahead of time. Even though I don't see it right now, I'll just take it as though it's already happened. I'm believing it. I'm receiving it. This is going to work together for good. And you know what? Some of your greatest testimonies come out of the worst scenarios. I've written over 100 books. And mostly all of them were born out of things that did not look good. But the lessons God shows you, the things that he teaches you, the things that he he, he shows you, I mean, it's just so good. I never would have had the insight to write probably one book if it hadn't been for the goodness of God, turning around really challenging, dark situations. Amen? Your message, your testimony will be based on the goodness of God shown in your life. So receive that goodness. I always say, devil, you will be sorry you ever tried. You're messing with the wrong person because my God is good. And I'm going to get a testimony out of this one. I'm going to get a preach out of this one. You preached so powerful last night. Jody's a preacher. You know, there's teachers and, you know, uh, testimony givers, and then there's preachers, right? And she's a preacher, and she was preaching up a storm last night. But her message was so powerful, and it was birthed out of, you know, the goodness of God being shown to her in the midst of assault, where the enemy had assaulted her. And she just said, devil, you're going to be sorry you ever tried because I'm going to preach up a storm and set every captive free. It was just like powerful, right? And it's like, you have to let the devil have it both barrels. Don't, don't concede, you know. Just thank him for the content. Those situations where he tries to take you down, they make good preaches eventually, when you're on the other side of it. It's your testimony, sets other people free. He's so stupid. He thinks he can take one person down, but when they rise up in the goodness of God, they set thousands of people free. He just has never learned. He's a very slow learner. Actually, he's probably incapable of learning. What, does that give you pleasure, just saying things like that about him? <laughs> just because it's true. Okay, next it produces glory, and this one is I I love this, and I and I want to share some personal testimony out of this. Second Chronicles five thirteen to fourteen says, "Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one." to make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, He indeed is good, for His kindness endures forever then the house the house of the lord was filled with glory it was filled with a cloud so that the priest could not minister rise to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the lord filled the house of god so here they are dedicating the temple of god and you are the temple of god okay They were dedicating the temple of God, and they're all coming into a place of worship, and they were in unison of heart to glorify the Lord. And when they were making their praise and worship decrees, it wasn't the Lord is full of wrath and his judgment endures forever. It was the Lord is good. And his kindness endures forever. And they just kept saying it over and over. The Lord is good and his kindness endures forever. The Lord is good and his kindness endures forever. The Lord is good and his kindness endures forever. And what happened is the glory came. But the glory came because of the acknowledgement of the goodness and the kindness of God. And I've known this from personal experience, I'm telling you. When you meditate on the goodness of God, the glory will come. The presence will come every single time. I've never known it not to come if I've been intentionally seeking it through acknowledging the goodness of God. Every single time. And one of the keys to entering the supernatural realms of the kingdom of God and supernatural encounter with God is to meditate on his goodness and when you meditate on his goodness it is just it is just the glory comes and i believe god wants a supernatural people he wants a supernatural people he wants us to put our faith out to believe the things that he says in the word that he's going to do and don't let the discouragement come to where you believe for things and you haven't seen it happen. We've just got to keep pressing on. They just kept saying the goodness of God endures forever. The goodness of God. The goodness of God. The goodness of God. And in the face of everything, all the disappointments you might have experienced, whatever, you have to remember the goodness of God. I will will never stop pursuing the goodness of God. I will never stop believing in the goodness of God. And I will just pray for another person because I believe in the goodness of God. And if I don't see results, i'll pray for another one because i believe in the goodness of god and believe me the glory will come and one of the things the lord taught me years ago was to when you when you take time to just sit back and count your blessings name them one by one he would say to me you know as i was going to bed at night he said i want you to meditate on all my goodness All the blessings that you received today, don't take anything for granted. Just acknowledge the blessing. Acknowledge my goodness. Acknowledge this act of kindness that you received today. And as I did, the glory would come in my bed. It would just fall, and I would have encounter with the Lord just looking to the goodness of God. And I believe that In a time such as we are in where there's so much confusion, so much negativity, so much slander, so many issues that have to be looked at, if we will hide ourselves in the goodness of God, we will see the glory of God. And the king of glory... He is the Lord, strong and mighty, the mighty mighty in battle. So as you look to the goodness of God, guess who comes on the scene? The King of glory. He is in his glory, and he will fight your battles for you just by focusing on all the good things of God. <laughs> Whoa, I love this. I'm starting to... Just talking about the glory, it just, you know, talking about his goodness. Okay, so let me give you just just four little keys for action. The first one is reflect on the goodness of God. Because you can listen to this message and say, yeah, God is good. is not wonderful. But I want you to take this and really, really put it to use in your life. Make it a part of your life. So reflect on the goodness of God. Just like what I said earlier that, you know, when you're lying in bed at night, just reflect on all the good things that God has done. When you wake up in the morning and you're in the shower, reflect on all the good things the Lord has done. Okay? Reflecting on the glory because whatever, whatever you focus on, that's what you empower. So if you focus on a bunch of negativity and this is hard and this is bad and the other, that is what is going to fill your life. So if you want the goodness of God to fill your life, reflect on the goodness of God. Secondly, believe the goodness of God. And that's even in the midst and especially in the midst of hardship. When you're in the midst of suffering, believe that in the midst of your suffering, God is good. Robert Hodgkin has very powerful preaches on this because he lived through really severe health challenges for many years. And the Lord taught him to anchor in on the goodness of God. And so believe the goodness of God and do not let the enemy turn you towards lies about God. Do not let the enemy tell you that God is not good because your circumstances are not good. God will turn your circumstances. He'll turn it around. He will work it together for good because he is good. So believe. Believe in the goodness of God. And if you've got any doubt about that right now, cast down that doubt and say, yep, I'm just going to turn back to know that God is good. I don't understand what's going on right now. I've got confusion in the midst of it. But I know if I believe that God is good, then somehow he's going to turn this thing around and it will will work together for good. Thirdly, pursue the goodness of God. Pursue it. Chase after the goodness of God. Chase after it. You know, say I'm going to look for the goodness of God to manifest. If I've got a difficult situation, I'm going to dream about what it looks like when the goodness of God manifests, right? So We we look at our nation right now, America. We look at America right now, and we think, you know, we could look at a whole bunch of negative things that are going on right now. Or we could say, I'm going to pursue the goodness of God for my nation. And wow, what's this going to look like when the goodness of God manifests? In fact, I'm going to so pursue the goodness of God, I'll go into fasting and prayer. I'll do whatever because I'm excited on what this is going to look like. So pursue it. Look for it. Decree the scriptures. Meditate on the scripture. Go after the goodness of God. In your own life, go after the goodness of God. Decree the scriptures about the goodness of God. You can start with the ones I gave you today and decree those over your life. Pray for the goodness of God. Sing about the goodness of God. Pursue the goodness of God. And in that pursuit, sow the goodness of God. If you If you sow, you will reap, which takes us to the next one, share the goodness of God. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't just load up with a bunch of goodness, okay? Just just go and share the goodness of God. So every act of kindness, if you do it deliberately in sowing goodness, say, I'm going to sow goodness. Um, The other day I ordered something from, from Amazon, And um, as a Prime member, you know, you don't have to pay shipping, but if you get something you don't like, you can just send it back and it's free shipping and you just, you know, take a picture of your little code and take it down to UPS and everything's great, right? Easy. Get your money refunded. Everything's easy. But I had these two items that I ordered that I didn't like and I was going to send them back and I thought, no, I'm going to share these with the poor. The poor would love these. And it was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sow goodness. And it was just with something little. It was just like you start thinking about how you can show goodness. And it can be even with little things like that. I could have gotten a refund. And it was like, I don't know. It was under $100. It wasn't a big thing. It was under $100. And I thought, I could go get a refund this, of, of this. Or I can use it to show goodness to someone and warm their day with something brand new that they could have for free, right? And so um, look for ways that you can sow the goodness of God. We sometimes have people sowing goodness into us, like with muffins and fudge and uh, all kinds of... (laughs) I went home last night, and there was some goodness on the counter. Yeah. (laughs) Then I opened the fridge, and there was goodness in the fridge, you know? But, um, and always thank the Lord when goodness is shown to you, of course. But, but look for ways that you can sow goodness. And even if you don't have much as far as tangible items or money or whatever, you can still sow goodness. You can share it, you know? We used to go down to the grocery stores and just look for elderly people who had a hard time getting their groceries out to the car. You could just say, can can I help you with that? I'd love to to get your your groceries in the car for you. And you just intentionally sow goodness because when you share the goodness of God, then it gives them opportunity to know the goodness of God, but it also grows it in you. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. You know, live your life sowing and reaping, right? Live your life so big and reap big. You actually reap bigger. So just intentionally look for ways that you can show the goodness of God, remembering the benefits of it. When you share the goodness of God with others, people can get saved. You know, when we go on the internet and share the gospel, we don't share bad news. We share... What kind of news? Good news, right? Because God is good. And every time we share, people get saved. Why? Because goodness (laughs) draws people to Jesus, right? And it's the same with the prodigals. If you share the goodness of God with a prodigal, you share the love of God with a prodigal, they're going to come home. Maybe not that day, but they'll eventually come home, you know, when they're in the midst of, you know, wanting to even eat pig pots. They'll they'll remember the goodness of God, and they will come home. And the glory will come. When you sow goodness, the glory will come to you. Your life will be enriched for all that you're doing in sowing the seed. It's amazing what God is going to do in your life. So we're going to have the worship team uh, come forward again we 're going to sing the goodness of God again, and I want to open up the altars as we do that um, for for those of you that really need a touch of the goodness of God, if you need a touch of the goodness of God, if you you know need to come back to the Lord. Or you need to come to the Lord. Maybe you've never known the Lord as your personal Savior uh, yet. Come on and receive the goodness of God. Or you might need a breakthrough. Maybe you are going through such a challenging time. And those, you know, crazy, you know, vulture birds have been bugging you. Well, we'll just chase them off of you. And you will know the goodness of God. And you will have your breakthrough because the goodness of god is available to you to fill you and to bless you to heal you to love you amen for more information resources episodes and more connect with us at patriciakingministries.com